So yeah, this is a podcast where we're just going to try to figure out some of those phrases like whole nine yards that you say and you know what it means when you say it, but you don't really know what it means because what nine and what yards and what whole. So we just want to work through some of those things, educate ourselves and talk about it while we're doing that, right? Idioms. Idioms. And where they fall and why they fall for fun. And learning. So... Having said that, we'll probably do some topics. Uh, we'll try to stay in an umbrella if we can, mm. but we, you know, we might not always. It might be kind of random. You guys will send us in things and put new ideas in, and we'll try to get to some of those as well. We'll probably get to all of them, Possibly. really, if they're not crazy. No, usually. So, were we going to start with police law stuff? Is that the one we're starting with? I also researched a few law-centered, I guess, although the one isn't specifically. But yes, I believe law enforcement is where we started for this topic. Why, why don't you take one of yours and start us off, and we'll, we'll uh, make this happen. Great. Jay, let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard of a show called The Simpsons? You know, Ray, I have. That's excellent. And there's a character on this show, uh, there's several in fact, called Grandpa Simpson. And one of his funny lines, I mean several funny lines, he says as his son and his grandson get caught in a grift where he is the inside man, um, call me mint jelly because I'm on the lamb. And he hops on a wheelchair and speeds off into the sunset while his son and his grandson get arrested. All right, I like it. Have you ever thought of the phrase, I'm on the lamb? And what it means and why Grandpa Simpson said that? I'm stuck on mint jelly, but also mint jam, yes, I have wondered about the lambing. Well, I can tell you that the mint jelly in this case and the lamb have nothing to do with each other. It's a funny play on words, but it doesn't literally mean he's on a lamb or he's going to eat that lamb. It has nothing to do with the sitting on or a riding of an infant sheep. I'm not sure if you, if you knew that. No. I, I would have thought, let me think about it for a second. Go ahead. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, exactly. He's, he's running away, and what he ran away on was he stole a sheep, and he's riding the sheep. And that's a wise thought because it's all in the, defin- in, in the words, on the lamb. I'm on the lamb. It's but, like on the wagon. Exactly. And here's a big shocker, though. This is lamb, L-A-M. There is no B at the end of this one. It's not Lamba. Not Lamba. There's no B. So we can rule out everything to do with those cute little sheep, those even, even-toed undulates. Or just rule in bad spellers. And, and we're still talking about sheep. But go ahead. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> oh, yes. What I found in my research was that the word lamb, L-A-M, might uh, might have perhaps come from a Scandinavian word, L-A-M-M-E, also pronounced lamb. I looked it up on those handsome pronunciation guides. The lamb of Scandinavian times meant to paralyze. Kind of like uh, how lame, you know, nowadays. Lamb, oh, lame. wait I know, no, I, I dove in and I'm like, this one, I dived in. But wait a minute. Yes. When when you say I'm on the lamb right. to me, that means I don't, I don't know. I think it means uh, I, I, like you had ran, you got out of prison, and you're and you're hiding, maybe from people, and and you're on the you're 
that's the context I would use that. So to lamify, I don't understand how that fits into the context. No, I, it's, a, it's a journey. We're going on a journey. All right, take it. Buckle in. Do it. So we start in Scandinavia in the 16th century, which is the 1500s, which is one of those things that I always have to think about Yeah. in the 20th, 19th century kind of thing. Yeah, if like, you just turn 30. Like, oh, it's backwards. You already lived 30 years when you turn 30. Right, it's this not. This isn't your 30th year. No. No. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like that. Exactly. Uh, so we just turned 30. We just learned that in 16th century Scandinavia, the word L-A-M-M-E meant to paralyze. Mm. So, and then we trace our words. So now we're hopping on to an English word, which is from also the mid-16th century. So almost in like a, I also thought of this idea in a parallel sense, but since we all use the same language, uh, also the same L-A-M-M-E, I'll pronounce lamb, meaning to thrash someone harshly. So not necessarily paralyze like Scandinavians, no. but to actually beat. Yeah. Which in my mind, I was like, oh, good, research done. 1590s, we're saying to thrash someone harshly. I'm like, oh, in my mind, cool. So in, and then you're like, well, beat it. We're, we're now we're now times. Now it's my words like, oh, good, we got we got a word that means beat. Now we get, we're saying beat it. Now we mean scram. Got it. Perfect. Lam it. But that's not true. No. I was like, oh, okay, there's more to learn, which was interesting because I really thought that was it. I was like, I oh, beat it. Got it. But then we, we, we fast forward several years and we hear various versions of the phrase lamb, lambing, you know, someone lambed out or lambing into. So when we get to the mid-1800s, British and American school children start using the term lambing out or lambing into to refer to little schoolyard scuffles, fights. You get in little pals. You're like, I'm, I'm going to lamb into you later, chum Lee. And he's like, crap, I didn't do that. Uh, All right. I know. And I don't I didn't even see this evolution. It's just, it's just a strange evolution. It happens behind the scenes. I didn't get, like, there's not, you know, the kids weren't reading 16th century Scandinavian books. No. So I think they're just looking at the word lamb, and they're using it. Well, people said and wrote things. Sure. I guess they were reading 16th century books. Yeah, I think... Uh, so anyway, we fast forward to the mid-1800s, where the British is what I found, and then in parentheses, and American, which I'm thinking they just like added it in as a footnote. It really was British kids. Yeah. Start with the lambing out and lambing into. Lambing in. Lambing in. I'm going to lamb I'm gonna lamb into you, George. That's not a British name. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is I guess. Yes, King. Yeah. You're right, King George. So we're lambing, and then that somehow became, uh, through the mixing, mashing of words and phrases, we're like, we're going to lamb into you, meaning I'm going to fight you. Now it means the kids, when they run away, because they don't want to get into a fight, or they don't want to get in trouble, they call that now lambing. Like when you run, and then in 1897, so 97 years later, we see a phrase appear in popular science, in April of 1987, it was 18, man, wow, 1897. Mm-hmm. And they used the phrase to do a lamb, meaning to That's run away. illegal. Yes. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No. Sure. So to do a lamb first appears, popular science, April 1897, meaning to run in this context. And from that, we've said 
Now we're going to say on the lamb, and it's going to mean escape, go into hiding. <laughs> wow. Subscribe for more. I'll tell you what, the words, yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, it makes me think, and for the future... Although I don't really find myself saying on the lamb a lot. I don't. But somebody might say it. And now I'll know. And we'll all know. That's something. I say the mint jelly part, which I just assumed Grandpa Simpson was quoting, but it's not. It's Grandpa Simpson quote. He's just, yeah. He's just. So so it's funny that you say that. Okay. Uh, because, and, and, and this is going to take us down a path because the Scandinavians, right? So yeah. I was thinking about. You know, people say you get off scot free. Mm-hmm. Scot free, we say it. It means what to you? I assume it means no use for hand towels or toilet paper. That's not what you. That's not what you mean. That's not what I mean. No. If so, somebody gets off scot free. Right. Uh, what's it mean to you? Well, I mean, I guess in in an actuality sense, it means they got away. They got away with it. They got away. With they got it. away with it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Anything, right? Anything. Yeah, anything. You could you you got off scot free. So right. You're you're clean. You're good. Nothing nothing sticking to you, Pally. So it turns out that there's a lot of people out there that think scot free had to do with this slavery issue mm. from this this poor guy named Dred, Dred Scott. Scott. Okay. Yeah. And um and he sued up uh, up to the Supreme Court for his freedom, uh, and eventually got his freedom. Thank goodness. But no, it has nothing to do with him. But the huh. weird part is, it has to do with another Scandinavian word, which is S K A T, Scott, which meant taxes. And huh. the British again took British. that word and started. You know, they they pronounce it Scott. And even, you know, we're talking into uh, 13th, 14th century. As we said, 14th so century is the 1300s. Right. So, yeah, it's it's taxes. and taxes. But, but you can find online stuff. I never heard anyone say this stuff, but uh, Church Scott, Soul Scott, huh. um and and these these were phrases that meant you had to pay you, you know you gave money to the church as as you were dying yeah so that your soul you know was okay you got you paid your you paid your entry fee yeah okay uh, and that's your scot exactly but scot free in general meant you didn't have to pay taxes you were living uh, you know without that so scot free meant you got off. And then, and then, obviously, we morphed it into any damn thing. Any damn thing. Yeah. Scott from taxes. Scott free. But Scott with an A. With an A. But we, S-C-O-T. Right. Uh, yeah, it, back in, there was also people that speculated about the Scottish because of that, but that's, that's nothing. The Dred Scott one makes sense if you, if you follow the logical path. It it would on right. the surface, yeah. But it doesn't. I could see that. So many things. It's amazing. So Scott Free, and on the lamb. Scandinavian of origins, both. Both Scandinavian. Let's let's take. Why don't we just take one second now and um, everyone stick with us. We're just gonna read a couple of ads and we we'll write back. 
Support Whole Nine Yards and make your life easier with Instacart. Online grocery shopping made simple. Instacart connects you with personal shoppers in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores in a single order. Products you love from local stores, hand-selected based on your preferences. Many items may be delivered in as little as an hour. Instacart helps to save you money on your favorite items and recommends new products that you might also love. Instacart, the most convenient way to shop. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by the Roberto Clemente Museum. Located in a restored engine house in Pittsburgh's revitalized Lawrenceville neighborhood, the Clemente Museum is a showcase of the largest exhibited collection of baseball artifacts, works of art, literature, photographs, and memorabilia related to Roberto Clemente and his life in baseball. Shop the store for clothing and other items featuring the iconic 21 logo and purchase tour tickets for the museum at clementemuseum.com. Enter promo code W9Y21 for a 10% discount on hats and tees. That's clementemuseum.com, promo code W9Y21. Whole Nine Yards is sponsored by Big Science Music. Big Science Music is a can and one show award-winning original music and sound boutique, providing scoring, sound design, radio, podcast, and audio post-production services for the advertising, film, and video industries. Big Science Music also offers ADR, casting, and project management. Big Science Music's reels, full capabilities, and more can be found at bigsciencemusic.com. That's bigsciencemusic.com. All right, we're back. Here we are. You caught us. Caught us. Red-handed. Red-handed. So, uh, we'll give you a couple more. And um, what do you what do you got, Ray? I got cut to the chase. Okay, let's hear it. Well, it means in our vernacular or our parlance, uh, get to the point. Cut to the chase. Where is the chase and how do we cut to it oh, is right. a very popular phrase I like to enjoy because it's a fun eh. way to say it. And I'm just there saying, where's the case, Chase, and how do we cut to it? You know, I've heard that. I don't know where. It's got to be something. Uh, as you may or may not assume, what do you assume it means, I guess? I mean, this one seems... I, I think George Costanza taught us this one if we didn't already know it, because Jerry said cut to the chase, and George said, who are you, Joe Hollywood? So then you went, oh, that's what that is. That's a chase scene. So... Right, so no, I mean, we didn't it, already have it. This is this is pretty much uh, I mean, fairly maybe, accurate. You might not have watched Seinfeld in the research that I I have done. Yeah. Uh, it's a term that appeared in uh, in a talkie. Hollywood Girl, nineteen twenty-seven. Oh, yeah, that's not Clara Bow though. No, okay. um, there's more information that I could probably put into this that I left out. But I mean the gist. But the gist of it is uh, there's a script direction. That literally says, quote, Janine escapes, dot, 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 cut to chase, period. Uh, so it is kind of like, yeah, we didn't really feel like filling in the rest of this. We know what's going to happen. Yeah. And we'll get there. That was 1927. So uh, we can fast forward some bits. Still film industry. We haven't left the film industry. Never. 1940s. Uh, Winnipeg Free Press in 1944 writes a little article about a Miss Helen Deutsch, I'm guessing, in which they describe her motto, um, which is printed on her wall, I guess. 
Uh, and that motto says, when in doubt, dot, dot, dot. cut to the chase. Cut to the chase. Period. Uh, literally, again, screenwriter in screenwriting, yeah. literally cutting to a chase scene. Right. So we're not, we're still in the literal sense. But not wasting time. No. Uh, so then the first non-literal use was three years later in a New England paper where a opinion writer writes something um, that maybe we could do the uh, say these days as well. Uh, let's cut to the chase. There will be no tax relief this year. Uh, they'll be so off scot-free. They'll, I guess they'll be off. Yes, exactly. They'll be off scot-free. Uh, that would be the first non-literal use of the word cut to the chase, but... You know, it means get to the point. There's, there's, we're, we're, we're not gonna get Scott relief this year. But this, uh, all right. I, I mean, it has a an obscure kind of uh, sister reference in the theater, I guess. Also, still in my mind, relating to film direction, even in the theater. Yeah. Um, where in Hamlet, they'll cut out a lot of the speeches and soliloquies to cut to. Uh, this is the second act where before they mention Hecuba, a Greek goddess, they would say cut to Hecuba in the sense of cut to the chase. Same kind of thing. We got to cut all this out, get to the point, unlike this <laughs> explanation of cut to the chase. Yeah. All right. So get to the point. Uh, cut to the chase. It's pretty self-explanatory. Janine escapes. Cut to chase. All right. I'm going to cut to Hecuba. And, Excellent. and finish mine up with, and this one seems obvious too, but back to more of a law thing, uh, red-handed. We caught right. him red-handed, didn't we? Right. So what does that... I hear it. Right? I mean, it, again, in the idiom sense, we use it as we've, we've caught you with evidence clearly on you or near you, and we know that you did it. Right. But I, I couldn't even venture a guess of why my hand's red. See, and the answer's right in front of you, and I didn't think Often. of it either, but uh, in Scotland in the 15th century, they it was the first use of it, but it was directly blood on your hands. Oh. Either caught murder right. or poaching. Red, what is red? That's it. Blood. Blood. Yeah. Sure. So they caught you red-handed. <laughs> so, you hear it? And back then, they didn't have like... um Sandy wipes in their man purse no or anything. They, you killed a goat and you're walking out of the field, you know? Yeah. You got red hands. Huh. That makes infinite sense. Right. Um, and the, there it is. And I overthink it. So I'm like, well, was he painting something? What did you do? I mean, painting in blood, you know what I mean? Clearly. Ah, okay, that makes sense. Right. You You literally have been caught with blood on your hands. So why do we say blood on your hands still? Aha, uh-huh, that's the next one. <laughs> I mean, I, I... No, sure. No. Yeah. So so that's the whole nine yards for this week. Thanks for checking us out, and I hope you learned something along with us. If you have some kind of ideas, thoughts, comments, suggestions, relative criticisms, uh, feel free to drop us an email. Electronic. Electronic communication. The French have one word for it. Forget what that is. It's... Uh, you can get us at hey you that's H-E-Y-Y-O-U, at whole9yards.org. That's whole9yards.org. Hey you at whole9yards.org gets us every time, most times, some of the times, all the time. Every time. 
So uh, that's it. I'm Jay. I'm Ray. And, and we're, we're not, not idioms. Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole9yards.org or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing heyyou at whole9yards.org. That's heyyou at whole9yards.org. Whole Nine Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music. 